Welcome back to Press Pause. This is your host, Divya here. It's been a minute. I'm so, so excited to be back onto podcasting. Today is a very, very exciting episode. It's going to be about habits and routines and all of that, um, which is one of the most important topics when it comes to self-growth and self-discipline. So I just wanted to talk about the habits and routines that I'm starting to implement in my life, how I'm trying to like execute um, these plans and why I think they're important to even have in my life in the first place. So I'm going to first talk about habits and routines in general and, you know, why I think that they're important. And then I'm going to talk about some of the habits that I'm bringing into my life in context of my routines. And then I'm going to shift into more of like an abstract conversation where I'm going to talk about things in general that I want to start incorporating in my life. So this is definitely going to be a pretty dense episode. I'm going to cover a lot of information, tips and tricks, things like that. Um, and I really hope that you can pick something up from here. I think routines are so, so important. I think that's where you kind of automate your goals, your plans, and the habits that you want to incorporate in your life to the point where it almost becomes second nature. I think that once you have a really good routine that's really well suited for your schedule and lifestyle, it can really serve as an anchoring force. And really, really uh, having a routine that works for you is honestly like an investment in yourself. And I think it's like the easiest and most sustain most sustainable form of like investing in yourself and, you know, giving yourself the tools to essentially thrive in all areas of your life. One thing that in the self-help discussion, they really, really emphasize the importance of like gradual progress and how you can't really go into achieving all of your goals at once. But I think that through uh, having a very like well-designed routine, you can really tackle a ton of habits at once, which I think is really, really cool. And you can kind of multiply that change that you're having in your life. So I'll give you an example. So in the summer, I was experimenting with an early bird lifestyle. I listened to a podcast by Haley Hoffman Smith about like the 5 a.m. club and waking up at 5 a.m. And that honestly like sold me on trying out their early bird lifestyle. Um, one thing in particular that she talked about was when you're in this phase of life where, you know, it feels like things are going well, like, you know, you could be doing better, but you don't really have like necessary, urgent, pressing reason to change your life. And it was kind of like, okay, like, what do you do in those moments? And that's where she kind of brought up the 5 a.m. routine in terms of like doing a drastic life overhaul to really get the changes that you want. Um, anyway, so I digress. So it was my goal to wake up around like 6, 7 a.m. on weekdays. This was something that was feasible, I think, in the summer, not the school year. But anyway, when I was committed to waking up earlier, it really pushed me to improve other habits. So if I wanted to wake up earlier, I'd have to sleep earlier, which meant that I would have to like cut down the time spent idly scrolling on my phone before bedtime. So that way I'm kind of cutting down my screen time as well because you know you know how they say that you can't really have like a ton of screen time before bed um, because it affects your sleep quality. And then my reading habit resurfaced because reading helps me fall asleep faster unless it's like a really, really good book. So having this goal of sleeping earlier and not doing screen time before bed kind of forced me to start reading again, um, which is something that has been super exciting because I think like a lot of people, um, I kind of fell off my reading habit in like high school after schoolwork started getting more intense. And then to kind of make sure that I was like, I had something to wake up for, I got like a spin class membership. So I would have like these morning classes, like spin classes at the studio for which I would have to wake up early and plan my schedule around. 
And that really didn't give me the choice, you know, and in terms of achieving the school and staying on track. Um, and that helped me, you know, work out consistently and improve my punctuality because it's like if you show up even like a minute late to the class, they don't let you in. So that was one thing there. And then when I was driving to cycling class, it was usually too early to like listen to normal music, you know. So I would use that time to listen to like personal growth podcasts. And then also when I was waking up early, um, I had to eat breakfast, um, which is something that I would honestly sleep past before. My point with that story is that, you know, if you have a strong routine, um, you can really organize your habits so then that way you're able to tackle a ton of habits at once and really get substantial change in short amounts of time. Now that I've kind of talked about habits and routines, I want to talk about some habits that I've started to implement in my life in, you know, my morning routine, afternoon routine, and night routine. So for my morning routine, um, it's not like that developed because I'm just in such a big rush to like wake up and get to class and all of that. But one thing that I've started to do in the mornings is journaling. And it's not like not nothing too fancy. So basically, right when I wake up in the morning in my journal, I'm going to jot down something that I'm grateful for as well as an intention for that day. Um, so the intention is kind of like a goal, basically, but it's more in this context, much more short term. And it's more like an affirmation. Like, it's not like, oh, I want to do this. It's like, I will do this, which I think is really, really powerful for a lot of different reasons. As with gratitude, um, you know, we've all heard the benefits of gratitude a lot of times. But I think that with this um, little habit, it's very, very easy because it's something that I can just do from bed. I have such a bad habit of hitting snooze and sleeping past my alarms as most people do. And I think with this, it's like when I hear my alarm, I don't have to like get up out of my bed first thing in the morning. I can just reach over, grab the journal from my desk, which is right next to my bed, and jot down a couple sentences, you know, the statement of gratitude, statement of intention. And then by then my like brain is working a little bit. I feel a little bit more alive. Um, so I can just get out of bed then. And I think that's so much more effective than like hitting snooze. And then just, you know, who knows what happens there. I think that I'm really starting to get in the habit of getting this like habit down into muscle memory. So like getting up, grabbing the journal, starting to write, and then getting out of bed. And it's worked pretty well in the days that I've done it. You know, writing down the statements of gratitude, statements of intention really starts the day on a good note. I think that, you know, the first few thoughts in the morning can sometimes dictate how your day goes. And, you know, it's very natural to think about something that's troubling you, especially if it's like over time, you know? So I think this way you're really, you know, taking control of your day from day one and starting it on a good note, really, which is so, so powerful. Just in general, I've been getting into the habit of like mindset prepping. Um, so kind of like setting an intention, but before every activity that I'm doing. Um, so like when I'm walking to class or from waiting for a meeting, like I'm literally in the waiting room in a Zoom meeting or something like that, I will kind of like talk to myself about prepping my mindset for this, you know, getting myself excited about whatever it is that I'm doing, um, you know, really like convincing myself to look forward to it um, and thinking about what I really want to focus on from a self-improvement perspective in that forthcoming activity, whether it be, you know, making a good contribution in class discussion or staying very attentive or initiating conversation with someone. I think that's something that's kind of really helped me, you know, having this little pep talk before activities. So that was kind of like the big habit that I've started to implement in the morning. Um, now I want to talk about afternoon habits. I think that the afternoon time, it's honestly like a very powerful time. And by afternoon time, I mean like 4 to 7 p.m., which is like technically evening, but in college standard time, that is afternoon. But I think that this is like something that people don't really talk about. I think a lot of people are very like morning routine, night routine, but 
I think that the afternoon time is really something that if you can take control over, you can really, really have amazing returns on that. Like for me, it's like in the afternoon, that's usually when I'm done with my classes, I might have a meeting or something like that, um, but it's not quite the end of the day yet. So like, I know that I'm not gonna like do work at this moment because I'm done with my classes and I wanna take a break. And I know it's not like the same urgency as doing work at night before deadlines. Um, so that's why it's kind of really important to have some sort of structure and momentum in this time period. I think it's also important for me to kind of organize this time period so that way it's a buffer between like my school day and evening, which is pretty hard to compartmentalize in college because it feels like you're kind of like living, learning all in the same setting. But what I've really been trying to do in the afternoon period is working out. I would say I'm more of like a morning workout person, but it just does not work with my schedule in college and like the location of the gym and all of that. But I've been working out in this time period because I think that it's something that it's not really like as mentally draining as school work. So I'm not going to like feel like I have to kind of put it off. Um, but it's still something that's a goal of mine. And I think having that in this time period is really helpful because otherwise I would just like kind of take a nap or like browse TikTok on my phone or something like that, which is just not going to set the tone for the rest of the night. Um, so I think working out is really good in terms of getting that done. This is not something I do like every single day. It's more of like three to four times a week. I think it's really beneficial to have like a goal like that, like, okay, I'm going to try to work out three to four times a week instead of like a very rigid goal. So that way you do have the flexibility, but you also have a very clear end goal there. I also think, um, I've talked about this, I think maybe in a podcast episode or definitely a blog post, but I feel like something like working out, it's very like, you know, because it's not necessarily like a mandatory thing. Like it's not the same urgency as like a school assignment or a work assignment, but it's still something that's very important for you to do. It's easy to kind of defer it, right? In favor of more pressing deliverables. It's really, really important to carve out time for these like important yet non-essential goals such as working out and I think positioning it in between tasks I think is so so helpful because I feel like if I delay it too much it's not like I'm gonna end up prioritizing the more urgent things in favor of working out and if I like push it towards the start I might be too drained to work on the more urgent things. Also, I've noticed that there's a lot of like post-exercise productivity. I'm going to coin that term right now. Right when I work out, like after I'm done, after I shower, all of that, I just feel like much more focused and uh, motivated to do my work. It was kind of like that with cross country in high school because I had that after classes, but before homework time. And then um, another thing that I'm trying to do in the afternoons is like my small stuff. So those are those small tasks on your to-do list that are very, very easy to procrastinate, you know, and they end up like just piling on and nagging you. So that could be like responding to emails, um, you know, anything with communication, honestly, cleaning your room, like things like that, where it's like, it's not hard, it's not super time consuming, but it's just on your to-do list and it can be super draining when it's piled up, right? You know, in the morning, like if you kind of go right into it, you know, responding to emails and all of that, you're kind of draining the energy that can be spent doing other things that require more mental power. Whereas if you kind of save it for the night, I used to kind of do this, like, you know, responding to all my emails at night. It's very easy to, def to defer it to the next day, right? And then you kind of get stuck in the cycles. I've been really trying to work on the small stuff in the afternoon, which is the four to seven time period, like I said. And I think that's been pretty effective so far. So now I'm going to talk about some things that I'm incorporating in my night routine. 
Um, so I'm gonna say it again, journaling. I think this one's definitely a little bit more like, I guess extensive than morning journaling, but I think it's so important. I could talk about journaling for hours, I'm not. But I think it's so, so important to have some sort of means of reflection. So I have like my massive document on my computer with like all of my reflections. I'm like so scared about like losing it one day or like accidentally deleting it or something like that and everything is down the drain. But it's really nice because, you know, you learn a lot of things in your day and observe a lot of things and it's very easy to forget about them. So I really like to jot those down in my journals. Generally speaking, I go for like a free flowing approach where I'm just kind of spitting out my ideas. Um, but sometimes it's cool to try out a different structure. So like writing out a letter, you know, it could be to yourself, um, like a different version of yourself, or it could be to someone in your life and just kind of organizing your thoughts that way. Something I've been doing recently is having like, an advice column set up. So, um, you know, those like magazine columns where you're like asking the editor or something for advice. So you have your little problem in a paragraph and then the editor or whoever's running that section responds to that. And it all like sounds really good and everything. So I've been trying to do that, but with myself. Um, so I've been like, I guess like spelling out any issues where I need advice on and then giving myself advice after kind of like revisiting it after a few days. And that's somehow pretty helpful. So that's just a little tip out there. But I think journaling is so, so important because I think that like the words that you use to describe yourself and the events that are going on around you um, really just define your experience and, you know, shape into your self-talk, which affects your potential and your relationships with others, your pursuits and all of that. So I think it's so, so important to have like an uplifting story in which you are the main character. That sounded so, so cheesy, but I think it's really, really true because your thoughts really feed into the outputs. Another thing that I've been doing at night is planning. And planning, you know, we've heard it so many times. So what I do is I decide three key tasks to get done the next day. Three non-negotiable tasks that I will 100% get done that day. I think that's very helpful as opposed to having like a laundry list of items where you might not even get to like one task, you know? I think that's helpful to kind of narrow everything down. And when it comes to selecting these tasks, I really try to balance urgency and non-urgent tasks, because I think that if you only focus on doing the urgent time-sensitive tasks, you will not really get to do the, the tasks that are not super urgent, but are still important for you to do. And I think it's important to kind of really balance that. So it's like, I try to do like a two to one ratio. So like two urgent tasks and one like non-urgent, but still important task. And I think that works. I also think that if you're constantly doing the most urgent tasks, you're gonna be kind of perpetuating that cycle of procrastination because you're always gonna be kind of behind, always like on the tail of time. Ooh, tail of time, I like that. But that's just one approach that I've been doing. And then once I decide these tasks, I block them in my calendar, on my Google calendar, just to kind of have like a template for the next day. I try to put these tasks in between essential like time restrictive tasks that I have. So for instance, like say if I have a class at 10 a.m. and a class at 1 p.m. In between those two classes, that's gonna be one block of time for a task. So I can kind of determine those classes, like those two scheduled commitments as endpoints to start and end that task. Um, so I think that's pretty helpful in terms of like scheduling that unstructured time. And I think it's just so, so important again to structure your time because then that way you can compartmentalize your work and play. So, you know, schedule the important things, but also schedule the more chill things there. So that way you can really get around to all of them. 
So those were, I guess, like some habits that I'm implementing in context of my morning, night, or morning, afternoon, and night routines. I just want to quickly talk about some other habits that I'm implementing that don't really fall into the time of the day routines. One thing is doing one thing at a time, like not multitasking. I think this was something that I feel like COVID, like with the whole online school situation, online meetings, this was hard. You know, I felt like during a lot of meetings and classes, I was doing multiple things at once. And as a result, I was really not able to give either of those things or any of those things my full attention. So in general, one thing that I've been focusing on is really immersing myself in whatever whatever I'm doing. So like right now I'm, I'm podcasting, I'm not thinking about anything else. When I'm gonna probably, you know, hang out with some friends tonight, like that is what I'm focusing on. I'm not thinking about the work I have to do. I'm not thinking about anything else. In class next week, you know, I'm gonna be in class. I'm not gonna be like checking my email or like studying for another test on the side. Like I am going to be here in this moment. That's a personal commitment to myself. Another thing that I'm really trying to work on is being on time. So I think that this is something that I've really gotten better at compared to high school, like compared to high school to college. But there's a saying where it's like being early is being on time. Being on time is being late. And like being late is just like out of question. I don't really know if that was part of the saying. But the point is, you know, it's not enough to really show up at that exact time that you have to show up for. If it's six o'clock, you know, showing up at six o'clock, you're late. You know, I'm really trying to focus on coming to any commitments that I have like before time. So thus on time, according to that saying. And I think that's really going to help me for one kind of, like I said earlier, in reference to my earlier point, you know, give myself that pep talk um, before like an activity or a meeting to really get into that headspace. And, you know, just kind of like feel like I'm on top of my game. And I think when I'm on top of my game in terms of coming to something on time, I'm more likely to really enjoy and thrive in that particular activity as opposed to kind of like rushing in as the clock is ticking, you know, the seconds are counting down, professor's already talking. Like, I think that it's just in general something, it's easier said than done, but being on time can really, really help on that. Um, Another thing that I've noticed actually, particularly for like club meetings and courses, when you come early, you have the opportunity to really develop relationships with those around you. I think that it's like in college in particular, I feel like with a lot of clubs and courses, you, with a lot of clubs and courses, you really don't get to develop, there isn't as much room to develop relationships there because you're kind of just there and then you leave and go on and move on with your life because we all have so much to do. But I think that when you show up on time or if you linger a little bit after, you can really start connecting with people around you and building relationships that way. You know, I think it's so, so important, even if like these people do not become your best friends, like having these acquaintances where you're on very good terms with, I think is so, so important. I was reading a book actually, it's called like um, How to Make Your 20s Your Defining Decade, something like that. And it really talked about the importance of like, these quote-unquote weak tie relationships um and this is not like minimizing these relationships you know from your school um work and meetings and things like that but just you know i think we all like talk so much about like our close relationships but sometimes you know these weak relationships can be very very impactful in our life and we can also impact others through that way um so that was something interesting i'm sure i'll talk more about that book in a future episode And then another thing that I really am trying to incorporate into my habit system is goal setting. Um, We've heard this so many, so many times, but I think that 
it's so, so important to have some sort of consistent goal setting, whether it be weekly goals, monthly goals, like quarterly goals, something like that. Um, you know, very defined increments of time to measure your time and progress. Um, I think that's very, very important to parse out this time and distinguish time and identify what you've done in certain periods. Because I think other than that, if you don't have a consistent thing that you're constantly adhering to, you become a victim of time. And we know how time works, um, especially like I think recently it feels like everything's going by so quickly and time is just slipping from our hands. So I think goal setting is very, very important in terms of anchoring yourself, knowing what you want and not being a victim of time. Now that I've talked about a lot of like the tangible habits that I'm working on, I want to talk about some more general things that I want to implement in my life. So these aren't really like maybe mindsets. Actually, no, I think mindsets is too abstract, but just in general, some things that I want to kind of focus on a little bit more. So one thing is getting out of my comfort zone, resisting my gut feeling. I don't know if I would like use that phrase resisting gut feeling, because I do think that it is important to listen to your gut and follow your intuition, but hear me out. So I think that there are so many times where in our day-to-day -day life where we're presented with a situation where we're like, oh my God, like, I don't want to do this. I feel like I should, but oh my God, like, what am I going to do right now? So I think I really want to kind of get better at not listening to that voice inside me that's like convincing me to take the easier route and just really pushing myself to not listen to my gut in that context, you know? I think I do that a lot with like things like in terms of getting work done and that's what fuels procrastination. I think I also just do that sometimes socially in terms of like approaching people, going to different get-togethers, you know? And, you know, with this habit, I think I just end up talking myself out of things, um, which I think can really limit my potential and opportunities in so many different ways. So I'm really getting into the practice of like, when I hear that voice, I'm gonna like be like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna listen to that voice and I will do whatever it is to get out of my comfort zone, you know, not listen to that easy way out voice inside my head. It's so, so important to listen to your gut and listen to your intuition and make sure you're not putting yourself in very uncomfortable situations. But at the same time, I think it's important to really develop that muscle of doing things that you don't want to do but are important for you. You know, like eating your broccoli, to kind of use that phrase. That's something that I've really been doing. And I think that the more I do this, the more I am like, okay, that was not so bad. The more I get out of my comfort zone, the more comfortable I feel with different things and more confident I feel, which I think is something that is has definitely been like an area of improvement in the last couple of years for me. Another thing that I'm starting to incorporate more in my life is doing nothing. Yes, you heard me correct, doing nothing. I actually first kind of like encountered this phrase from a YouTube video. It was by the creator like Best Dressed. And I think it was like a reflection about 2020 or like a reflection about quarantine, something like that. And the creator, she talked about the art of wasting time. And that was something that I was like, wow, because it's always like, like, you know how media and society and everyone, you know, glorifies being busy and kind of romanticizes that life of, you know, being on the go, go, go hustling. And that's amazing. That's so like, that's amazing. But it's also, I think there is value in not doing anything. And I think that was something that really, for me, kind of hit home during quarantine and even like last year too, when there were a lot of restrictions, when I had a lot of downtime and there really is value in that. So that is something that I am, you know, starting to be more intentional about having time for. 
those time periods to not do anything. You know, I can idly browse the internet. I can start listing ideas. I don't know. I can just not do anything. And I think that is so, so important for reflection, preventing burnout, things like that. Another thing was kind of like in a subsect of that is daydreaming. So I am a big, big daydreamer. At least like it's been something that's been part of my life since I was very, very young. And at first it was kind of like, oh, like why am I wasting my time daydreaming when I could actually be doing work to bring my dreams to fruition? And that's definitely important. But I think that daydreaming, you know, having this idle time to just think boundlessly um, and think about life and like, I guess, the best possible situation is, um, you know, valuable in the sense of like getting you excited for your goals, uh, thinking about what you want and really just having like some sort of ownership there. I think it's important, obviously, to have some sort of limit to that in terms of like, you know, still being in touch with reality not becoming super attached to certain outcomes. But I think that daydreaming and having this downtime, I think is so important for our humanity, honestly, and, you know, keeping our sanity in this crazy, crazy world. Another thing that I'm trying to do is just in general, like engage with other perspectives, engage with other worlds, seek variety. And that's something that we've heard so many different times, but I think it's just something that I'm constantly reminding myself about. And it's something that I think that you have to be very, very intentional about. Because even if you put yourself in an environment where there are a ton of people, um, a ton of different perspectives, ton of different thought approaches, you really like have to go kind of out of your way to have intentional engagement here. Um, So I think that takes the form of going to different events, talking to different people, going to like a speaker event, you know, things like that. But also, you know, I think engaging in fictional material. So that could be like watching a TV show, watching a movie. Honestly, like at one point, so I used to be like super into fiction reading and things like that in like elementary school and middle school. And then at one point in my teen years, I was like, oh my gosh, like, what is the point of this? Like, it's not real, you know? And honestly, now that I'm like a few years later, I'm like, wow, like there is a lot of value in fiction and just engaging with worlds that are not, you know, your own world. I think that we get so consumed about things that are in the present moment, you know, the challenges in our life, the plot lines of things going on around you, the people around you, things like that, that, you know, it does become a lot. And I know personally, I do have a habit of like ruminating about situations and people and all of that in my life right now. But it also just is so, so draining. And I think that it's been really refreshing and and enriching to really go out of my way to seek variety in different things. And I think that's been helpful in terms of just thinking broadly and having that big picture perspective. I think it's also really cool when you're like reading a series or watching a TV show, you know, having like things to look forward to that are like not in your own life. Like you don't have any personal stake in it, any personal stress or anything like that. But, you know, still having that to look forward to and having that in your mind, I think is really, really cool. So that could be like the new season for a show, like the next book, things like that. And I also think that it increases your empathy, which has very, very immense benefits um, that I'm not going to go into right now for time purposes. So those were kind of like the highlights in terms of things that I want to start implementing in my life. Um, Oh, also one more thing, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. One thing that I really want to start doing more is art. Not like seriously, I'm not like an artist um, or anything like that. So we were at Disney World. My friend and I were at Disney World um, over spring break last week, right? And there was like this little art class there, um, which we participated in in between rides at Animal Kingdom. And I realized I really miss like 
having art time. You know, I think we had a little bit of that like in school、um, when we were younger in terms of classes, but I miss having this like low stakes environment to exercise my creativity and just you know draw and doodle and all of that, even if it's not amazing. Like it's not. Like a masterpiece, it's just so so nice to really have this moment to you know exercise my creativity in a very low stakes environment. And I think in that downtime, it's like I'm doing something, so I'm not really getting lost in my thoughts. But I also have that like mental capacity to really like think creatively and think about, just reflect, and you know have a good time. So that's something that I am gonna try to do more in my day to day life, like having. Opportunities to just do like low stakes art. I think it's just in general so so important to have avenues for your creativity. And even if you can't really carve out time in your schedule for engaging in creative pursuits, I think it's important to find creative opportunities in your work. So, for instance, if you're writing an essay and you're picking a topic, I think it's pretty easy to go after a topic that's. Something that's like in line with your curriculum or in line with the previous work、um, that you've done, in terms of like already having the content and ideas for that. But I think that you know sometimes if you really spend a lot of time and immerse yourself in the idea development process of it, you can find a really really creative idea, a really creative approach, which you might not have come across if you were thinking very closely along like. Okay, what's the easiest option? So, just in general, I'm really looking to have more avenues for creativity in my day-to-day life. Okay, I think that that covers all of the habits that I wanted to talk about in this episode. So, I talked about like a ton of different things, ton of different routines, mindsets, things like that.、Um, I hope something resonated with you. I hope you were able to like pick up on something、um, that you might want to integrate in your own life. As I'm thinking about this episode, I realized I didn't really talk about like how to implement these habits and how to really develop these systems to bring these plans to fruition. I didn't because you know I didn't want this episode to be super long, and honestly, I'm still figuring that out. But I do want to point you to Atomic Habits.、Um, it's a book.、Um, it's one of the most popular books in the self-help area. I know so many people who have like read this book or like. Are reading this book right now. I personally have not read this book, but I've seen a lot of like excerpts and like summaries online.、Um, that's kind of what I do for like self help books. I don't actually finish the book, but I like kind of pick up on tidbits from other people's summaries. So I would definitely recommend checking out some of the content there because it is such a popular book. There's so much online for it, and looking at some of the systems that they recommend for bringing these habits into your life. That's one recommendation there. All right. Good luck with your habit and self growth journeys. I think that self discipline is honestly like the biggest act of self love. It's one of the best investments that you can do in your growth and overall well being. I also think it's like pretty fun. Honestly, developing routine. It's like you're leading a company or like leading a team or something like that. Like you know, to live the best life that you want. You are like the CEO of your life. Okay, I'm gonna leave you with that. I like that. You are the CEO of your life. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for tuning in.